the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let me have a prayer with you. Heavenly Father, if we have a dear friend on this earth who, when we are in their presence, our hearts are always uplifted. We always feel better after the visit than we did when we came. If we have such a friend on this earth, we are blessed. And we never get tired of seeing them. We can never really get enough of them. I pray it be that way for us and the one called the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Whether it's a Sunday morning or a small group, or whether it's picking up the Bible and reading it while we're all alone, or whether it's meditating upon you or praying the Lord's Prayer, I pray that whenever we are in your presence, we have this warmth and this peace that only you can bring. Be with us in this service, Lord. Your kingdom come, that your will might be done in and through your people. In Jesus' name, amen. For the second and final time, the text, John 21. And Jesus said to his disciples, You have been fishing all night. Did you catch any fish? And the disciples said to him, Indeed, you are correct. We have been fishing all night, but we have caught no fish. Jesus said to them, Take the net, throw it on the other side of the boat. And when they had done this, they were unable to haul the net in because they had caught so many fish. The question God asks for salvation, what think ye of Christ? And your answer for eternal salvation, he is the Son of God, my Lord and my Savior. Secondary questions, strongly implied, Matthew 25, parable of the talents, and he's given you them. And the parable of the sheep and the goats. And he's given you opportunity. Secondary question. Children, in the time I gave you on this earth, since the moment you held your fisherman's license when you're baptized, have you caught any fish? If someone was hungry for God, did you feed them, God? Someone was thirsty for God. Did you give them a drink of God? If someone's life was naked because they didn't have him in their life, did you bring them a taste of God? If they were sick with fear or worry, did you bring them God? And if they were in any sort of prison, and there are thousands of prisons, did you bring them God? You cannot say to him, you didn't give me many opportunities. 
because he will have a sad look on his face. And he'll repeat the question, children, did you catch any fish? Very, very, very brief review from last week. Uh, Was the problem the ship? The disciples say we need to buy a different boat. Now there's nothing wrong with the ship. Ship had been on the Sea of Galilee a hundred years. Nothing wrong with the ship. The ship is a type of the New Testament church. New Testament church in general, this church, Trinity in particular, it's a type, it's a symbol, it's a representation. This ship that you're sitting in right now, it's been here in October 158 years. It's been floating in this community 158 years. There's nothing wrong with the ship. The people in the ship are saints and sinners. Every Sunday, we tell you, cleansed by the blood of Christ. Saints, but we're also sinners. There's no church existing on this earth that is not filled with saints and sinners. And the sinner part gets any church into trouble. Jesus said in the book of Revelation to the seven churches, I have something against you. He pointed out something wrong, and then he pointed out what they're doing good. And if God is in any church, they cannot help but do good, because that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. This church here, and nothing wrong with a church. Doctrine is solid. God, Jesus, and his Holy Spirit, they are solid. There's nothing wrong with the ship. Was it the net? Did Jesus say to them, your net's broken, you guys. Come on in, get a different net, and then go back out. No, he didn't say that. The net was fine. He says, take your net, throw it on the other side of the boat. What he's saying is this. You got to stop doing what you're doing, and you got to repurpose yourself. Whatever you're caught up in, and churches can be caught up in a hundred different things, whatever you're caught up in, I'm going to remind you, your purpose is to fish for men. All of the things you think the church exists for, your purpose is to fish for men. Throw your net on the other side of the boats. And when they listened to his word, when they followed his command, then they were exceedingly successful. And nothing wrong with the net. What's the net in the Bible? The net is the gospel. The net is the gospel. God the Father creates. God the Son dies on that cross, rises for our salvation. God the Holy Spirit brings us to faith. That's the net. You don't need a different net. You don't need a different bait. You don't sit and say, well, we're dealing with millennials. We need a different bait. We need the social gospel, the prosperity gospel, or some philosophical gospel. You don't need to change the baits. God is sufficient. His Son Jesus is sufficient. The Holy Spirit is sufficient. 7,200 promises. The net holds. You don't need a different baits. You bring God, you bring Jesus, you bring the Holy Spirit to the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the sick, and those in any sort of prison. In fact, the Bible warns us in the book of Revelation, don't add to this gospel net 
and don't subtract from it. The bait is fine. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Every other bait that exists on this earth will pass away. But my word, that net, it'll never pass away. Not the boat, not the net. Fishing hole. Fishermen always head to the fishing hole. It's never their fault. It's always the fishing hole's bad. Fishing hole was fine. There are a million fish in the Sea of Galilee. Thank you. How about you and me? When we say to God, I didn't catch any fish, but you gave me a lousy fishing hole. <laughs> Put me in a factory where every other word was a four-letter word. Expect me to fish there? Put me in a country club where there's a lot of Jewish individuals. God bless them. Put me in a bridge club where there's a lot of Muslim women. God bless them. I can't bring Jesus there. My goodness gracious, God, you asked me if I caught any fish, you put me in a fraternity that hasn't had a Bible study in 85 years. Nothing wrong with a fishing hole, people. If God asked Mother Teresa, did you catch any fish? Would she have said to God, are you kidding me, God? You put me on the poorest place on the planet, Calcutta, India, and you asked me whether I caught any fish. She would have said to him, I caught a million fish. So they think that's how many lives he touched. I caught a million fish. I don't know where God has you, but that's your fishing hole. And God knows what he's doing. I don't care where you are. I don't care what high school, fraternity, sorority, job, commuter train, neighborhood. I don't care. God has picked your fishing hole for you. And he has enough in him to make that fishing hole profitable. Let me move on. If it wasn't ship, if it wasn't fishing hole, and if it wasn't the net, where was the problem? It's the people in the boat. And we won't be too hard on them because they're us. Who was in the boat? Simon Peter was in the boat. What was his problem? He was delinquent. He was delinquent. He had seen Jesus risen from the dead. He said, yippee, and then a week later he'd back up in Galilee fishing. He said, man, verse 3, I'm going fishing. This preaching business isn't going too well. This kingdom of God stuff isn't going too well. You could end up dying on a cross if you're not careful. It's all right to take a break and relax for a while. Jesus himself said, come apart and rest a while. If you don't take time to take your breath and recuperate, you're going to get burned out. I know one thing of Simon Peter. He never would have gone back. He never would have gone back to the preaching business. This episode was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, before his ascension. He would appear to them one more time. He would gather them on that mountainside in Galilee and he would ascend up into heaven. Before he did it, he said to them, Acts 1.8, stay in Jerusalem until the power from on high comes upon you. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
And when he comes upon you, you'll no longer be fishing for fish. You'll be fishing for men. Some of you in Jerusalem, some of you in the fishing hole in Samaria, some in Galilee, some at the other ends of the earth. Simon Peter was delinquent. And when he became delinquent, others joined him. That always happens. Someone uh, takes a break from God's kingdom, from the church, from whatever. Others go with them. Sadly, often their spouse and their children. And sometimes they bring others with them. Uh, Who else was in the boat doubting Thomas? What was his problem? Simon, uh, Thomas was a doubter. He was the one who cut off fellowship with others because he thought the others were hypocrites. That first Easter, he's not there. Everyone assemble, he's not there. Why is he not there? Because he can't stand to look at the other guys. They had said to Jesus, we'll die with you before we desert you. And they all deserted him within 24 hours. And Thomas can't stand to be in their presence. Because when he sees them, he sees himself. Because he too had run away. Thomas. Thomas said, they're all hypocrites. How many people have left because they look at the church and they say, fully hypocrites. They overhear a conversation in the narthex, which isn't too pleasant. They come to a meeting where there's a lot of fighting going on. And they say, bunch of hypocrites, and they're gone. We are saints, and we are sinners, all at the same time. You look at someone and you call them a hypocrite, you have placed the sin upon yourself, it's the sin of judgment. Were they hypocrites? I guess. Was the Apostle Paul a hypocrite? Yeah, he said he was. He said, the good I want to do, I don't do, and the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Here's Paul and Silas on a missionary journey. Paul says to Silas, you're a hypocrite. Silas says to Paul, you're a hypocrite. John Mark goes on a first missionary journey, gets homesick, goes back home. Second missionary journey, he says, hey, I want to come with you guys. And Paul said, are you kidding me? You deserted us the first time, we ain't going to take you back. And Silas says, my goodness gracious, Paul, you preach about forgiveness all the time. What stunt are you pulling here? Paul and Silas get into a big fight. They separate. I'm sitting there thinking if other people are watching what's going on between Paul and Silas, that ain't helping the faith a great deal. Yeah, Paul, yeah, the Apostle Paul and Peter going at it, do you not? This whole matter of a circumcision, is it needed or not? The council at Jerusalem makes the decision, and Paul is casting stones at Peter, and Peter says to Paul, you're a phony, fighting going on. James and John, sons of thunder, arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. If I told you it was at the very start of the ministry... I wouldn't be telling you the truth. When did it happen? When did the big argument happen? Hours before Jesus hangs on the cross. They have spent three years with the man. 
And at the end of the day, in the last moments, they're fighting about power. It is very difficult to fish for men when you have a judgmental spirit about you. It's very difficult for fishing for men when one becomes delinquent with regards to their faith. Who else is in the boat? Nathaniel. Every time Nathaniel opened his mouth, something negative came out. Philip comes to him, John chapter 1, and says, Guess who we found? And Nathaniel said, Who have you found? He said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, come with us. And what does Nathaniel say? He hears the word Nazareth and he says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's a Galilean, and the Nazarites were Galileans. And he says of that village, there's nothing good in them. There are some people that cannot open their mouth without something negative coming out. It's just their core nature. I was at a baseball game yesterday, grandson. I'm walking behind a man, his wife, and his son. As we leave the game. The boy had a good game. He had three hits and then he struck out his last time at bat. As I'm walking behind that man. All the dad says is, how could you strike out? Three pitches all over your head. How in the world could you strike out? And as I walk past him, I pat the boy on the back and said, great game. Three hits. You really did well. Oh my goodness gracious. The tongue of criticism, the destruction that it causes. Individuals, sons, daughters, spouses, churches, businesses. That's who is on the boat. Here comes Pentecost. And here comes the Holy Spirit. And it fills them. And when the Holy Spirit comes, the transformation comes. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Holy Spirit comes. And all of a sudden, he's fishing in Jerusalem. He's fishing in Galilee. He's fishing in Samaria. He's fishing in the other ends of the earth. Is there hope for us? Is there a God? Did Jesus die on the cross? Is the Holy Spirit real? There is hope for us. Lovey Smith, the day he was hired, he said this. God has brought me to one of the greatest cities in the world, Chicago. And he has brought me to one of the greatest franchises in sports, the Chicago Bears. God wants me to be in this position because there is a message that he is trying to get out through me. I will be his fisherman. Lovey Smith didn't say, I'm going to be the coach of Chicago Bears. He said, I'm going to be a fisherman for God. 
And so he was, if you know anything about him. Let me give you three or four points about fishing and then I'm done. If you only fish when it's convenient for you, you're not a real fisherman. Real fishermen for God's kingdom do whatever is needed even when it's inconvenient. Are you available to fish for God whenever God says it's time to fish? Can he mess up your plans without you becoming resentful? As a fisherman for God, you don't get to pick the fishing hole. You don't get the right to control your schedule. You let God interrupt any time he wants to. And if you remind yourself at the start of every day that you are fishing for men, interruptions won't frustrate you as much because your agenda will be whatever God brings into your life. Three summers now. Interstate 80, 26-year-old, flat tire, side of the road. A thousand cars must have gone past her. I go past her, I pull over. Someone beats me to the punch. An African-American man, dressed in a three-piece suit. Vest, tie, everything. Blistering hot day. Gets out of his car, sit and watch him. Walks back to her. Gets down on his knees. Fixes the tire. I don't know where he was going. Did he have a church meeting someplace? I don't know where he was going. But I know at that moment, God said, there's a little bit of fishing that needs to go on. And that man did it. Three years later, that young lady, wherever she is on this planet, she could never have forgotten that episode. Not with the way that this man was dressed. The opportunities for fishing don't last long. They are gone in a moment. John Wesley said, A fisherman for God will do all the good he can in all the ways that he can, in all the places that he can, at all the times that he can, to all the people he can, as long as God allows him to fish on this earth. Closing word, Martin Luther movie. Quite good, quite good. And at the end of that movie, I am so proud of what they did. It wasn't just about Luther and his theology. At the end of that movie, they spent a whole section talking about Martin Luther being a servant, reminding people that Jesus died so that you can serve him. Jesus died so that you can do all the good you can on this earth as long as you can. And I was so proud that they put that in the movie, that they didn't ignore that aspect of the Christian life. Justification through faith in Christ. 
sanctification. As long as we are on this earth, we are fishermen. And whenever God interrupts, which for some of us he does all the time, he doesn't say, put this on hold. He said, here's a fish to be caught. Will you go after them? Alan is ready to sing. So are the singers. Let me have a prayer with you. I don't like to fish. When I was a young boy, I got cut by catfish trying to take them off the hook. And I really haven't liked fishing ever since. We would have many reasons why we wouldn't want to fish. But if Lovey Smith says, I am in Chicago not to be the coach of the Chicago Bears, but to be a fisherman in this city and on this team for God's kingdom. And if Mother Teresa can say, that is why I'm in Calcutta, India. And if the young man in this congregation who has spent the entire year in that fraternity leading the Bible study, going through difficult times, but having 18 with him, at the end of this school year, there is none of us who could not say to Jesus, I want to be a fisherman. And at the end of the day, when he asked us, Child, how many fish have you in your boats? I pray that the Spirit would lead us to throw the net on the other side of the boat and do what we're supposed to do as a church and as his children. God be with us all in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.